Greetings and welcome to the Synaptic Empire Radio. I am your host, Randy Brown. And uh, if you're just joining me, this is your first time here. Thank you very much for finding me. And if you're coming back, thank you very much. I'm glad you enjoyed what you've heard before. Probably a little somber episode this time. I'm going to get to another regular episode here in just a few minutes. So stick around and hopefully that'll be up soon. But I've been trying to get to this for the last three days or so. Uh, ever since the news of Vinnie Paul passing away. Very sad news. Sad to hear that the uh, the second brother from Pantera has, uh, has passed on. Uh, only 54 years old. Only 54 years old. As you heard at the beginning of the show, kicked it off with pretty high-octane track. Uh, we all probably know it, uh, Cowboys from Hell, which uh, honestly was probably the very first time I ever actually heard Pantera. Now, growing up here in in DFW and uh, growing up in Fort Worth specifically, okay, growing up near Fort Worth, I can't, I, I'm not going to lie <laughs> and say that I grew up in Fort Worth. I did not. I grew up in Alito, which is about about 12 minutes away from Joe's Garage. Now, if you're familiar with, with the area and familiar with local music, you know that Joe's Garage was the hub of Fort Worth metal for many, 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 many years. Everybody played there, um, including being the home club in Fort Worth for a band called Pantera. Now, sadly, although I lived only 12 minutes away from Joe's Garage, I never saw Pantera at Joe's. I had a buddy, John, I, and I, I'm not going to lie, I'm very late to the metal game. I, I didn't really show up until about 88 or so. My buddy, John who was very early in the metal game. I remember him in high school with the metal up your ass, Metallica t-shirts, and getting away with that in Alito was pretty cool, I thought. You know, because I had my Thompson Twins shirt on, <laughs> and, and uh, I was a new wave kid. Wasn't really into the metal, but he'd always have an Iron Maiden shirt or a Wasp shirt or, or something. But he was that guy. Anyway, I remember him telling me, you know, hey, uh, Pantera, they, they suck. They're not, they're not good. They're not cool. And, you know, hey, I'm green. I don't know. I don't know anything about metal. So I took his word for it for years and uh, wound up missing, missing out on the entire Pantera Joe's Garage experience. Uh, my girlfriend at the time, Mary, she was a big fan. And we probably spent the majority of the fall and winter of, of 90 in her Celica, driving around uh, in between classes at Weatherford College, listening to Cowboys from Hell. And, and you've got to understand, it was a very fertile time in metal. As we had uh, Cowboys from Hell had come out, along with Souls of Black by uh, Testament. You had Slayer Seasons in the Abyss had just come out. Persistence of Time had just come out by Anthrax. You also had Painkiller by Judas Priest. And those are just what I can come up with off the top of my head. Just very, uh, you know... To me, those are big, huge cornerstone records in metal for me. So finally hearing Pantera and hearing Cowboys from Hell being the very first song you ever heard, as many people probably experienced. That was probably it. Man, that opening riff, still to this day, is one of the coolest things I've ever heard. I still love that opening riff of Cowboys from Hell. It's just, it's so exciting. And that song is so exciting. And I remember going, man, I've never heard anything like this before. This is going to be, 
this is going to be it. And, you know, just like anybody else, I jumped on the bandwagon, <laughs> you know, uh, which I think a lot of people did, probably because it was the first time they had heard them. And, yeah, flew the flag all the way up through, you know, today. Still a Pantera fan today. So sitting here talking about Vinny's passing and uh, vividly remembering the night that that Dimebag Daryl was uh, murdered on stage. And it's a little, uh, I don't know, kind of, uh, it's definitely a somber sort of feeling. Uh, but like I said, uh, you know, the music's definitely not going to be somber. It's going to be uh, pretty high octane. And if you know me and you know that, uh, you know the show, you know that I love opening tracks. I also really love title tracks. Uh, this is not a title track, but the next song we're going to play it's the actually the very first song anybody would have ever heard buying a Pantera record uh, from their 1983 debut, and it sounds completely different. And we all we all know that we all know that the, the first four Pantera records sound nothing like the second you know the second half of of their career from the 90s 90s to 2001. So here you go. If you've never heard any of this stuff, uh, just just get ready. This is off of Metal Magic. This is the first song you would have ever heard. The first song on Metal Magic. Ride My Rocket right here on the Synaptic Empire Radio.
channeling Black Sabbath right there. That was Planet Caravan by Pantera. Uh, probably the first time they were ever getting like any real daytime regular MTV play was was Planet Caravan. Uh, I, I kind of wanted to play that just sort of, you know, we all know that, that Vinny could pound away on the drums, but I, that's a very delicate sort of uh, thing to pull off is a, is a cover of Planet Caravan that's that true to to uh, what the original is. And I just wanted to give, give Vinny props on being just a great drummer and not to be overlooked as a great drummer ever. You know, I remember originally trying to find out how he got that kick drum sound. And I don't remember where I got the information from, but somebody was explaining to me that he had, what he had on his kick drums, he had a wooden mallet. And that wooden mallet had a quarter taped to, you know, the, the, the drum side. And that's where he got that very unique sort of sound for his kick drum. Because you could tell. I mean, you always you could you could hear it and you knew that was Vinnie Paul playing those drums. So anyway, I just kind of wanted to demonstrate something else that he did there. Now, we all know here in DFW that and most of the world now, but we all know that that, uh, you know, there were four four records that came out before. Uh, what is considered, quote-unquote, the first Pantera record before Cowboys from Hell. What's considered, basically, the sophomore record is the most aptly titled album of all time, Vulgar Display of Power. Now, if you remember the first time you heard that, and you were excited. You were excited because you had loved Cowboys from Hell, and you were, you were, you were stoked, and, and you couldn't wait to see what was next. And, man, they came out with this just unbelievable punch that that punched you like in the face and the gut simultaneously and vulgar display of power from from beginning to end was just a juggernaut of god just metal <laughs> i don't i don't have any other way of explaining it or being more poignant and just a a punch it was a double punch and this was one of my favorite ones off of that record uh, i always loved you know we all loved this the singles and what ended up you know Maybe not all being singles, but being like the classic songs, you know, uh, Walk and, and This Love and Rise. We all love those. But at the same time, man, By Demons Be Driven is such an incredible track. So I had to pull that one out here for you. Loved this song. Still do. Think it's fantastic. So here you go. By Demons Be Driven from Vulgar Display of Power by Pantera right here on the Synaptic Empire Radio.
The title track to the last self-released record by Pantera, that was Power Metal, off of, obviously, Power Metal. That came out in 88, and I didn't hear it until later on. I didn't get, I didn't get the tapes, or I didn't get those first Pantera releases until I was working at Half Price Books, and somebody came in and sold all four, Metal Magic, I Am The Night, Project In The Jungle, and Power Metal. And my power metal is actually signed by uh, all the guys, so uh, it's a tape. So I mean, not necessarily completely cha-ching, but not that I would ever sell it. But that was the first time I ever got to hear it. And I remember the first time that I saw them was at the Arcadia Theater with Prong. Uh, and it was uh, December of 90. And I got to go... And I remember just being so completely floored by the one guitar just being so thick and so meaty and mean and full. And it just just really completely blew my mind. But I remember them talking about, distinctly remember Dimebag Daryl wearing a British Steel shirt, a Judas Priest shirt. And they were talking about, like right before the end of the show, they said, you know, hey, we are headed... To England tomorrow we're heading overseas and we are to, we're going on tour with Judas Priest and so a couple of years later whenever I was listening to power metal and you can you could completely hear the Judas Priest influence especially there Phil Anselmo is definitely channeling his his best Rob Halford and yeah just I was just completely floored and blown away just like holy crap there it is that that's what that all makes sense because to me I mean Although Painkiller was out and Painkiller was heavier and everything, it didn't seem like something as heavy as Pantera should be going out with. And it all just fell into place and made complete sense to me once I listened to that that record. It, kind of the same thing as when, uh, when they went out with Skid Row on Vulgar Display of Power. I thought, man, you are out of your mind. Especially coming to Dallas. And they were playing a State Fair Coliseum. And I thought, this is ridiculous. And I actually ran into my friend... Uh, Yolanda Aguilera afterwards and she had all of her uh, just like randomly I had been at something else and just ran into her at at a uh, gas station getting gas afterwards and she had her Pantera shirt on and we were talking I was like oh did you go see Pantera tonight and she was just like oh man they they destroyed everything they were incredible and we're just like oh wow cool I was like you know and I knew that it was funny is that I saw I only saw Pantera four times. I saw him that first time at the Arcadia in 90. I saw him again in 91 at the Arcadia, which actually, if you get the Cowboys from Hell box set, the 20th anniversary box set, you get a replica of the show poster from that, that I actually had signed at one point by all four members. And uh, I ended up losing... Uh, during a really bad part of my life, I ended up losing an entire storage unit, which had probably, I would say, 700 posters in it. And that poster was unfortunately in there for my old record store. Uh, so that was always a big bummer. But yeah, that was the second time I saw them with Wrathchild America. I wouldn't see them again until 99 when I got to see them open for Black Sabbath, which was phenomenal. But, you know, it's, uh, you see kind of some of the footage of a film maybe not being fully on, uh, on like, say, some of the, like, behind the music episodes or whatever. And, and, yeah, I think that was kind of that night. I mean, his hair was, I was shocked because his hair was 
was really super long at that point. And they, they were great. They were powerful. Uh, you know, I don't know necessarily that that was because of Phil at that point, but they were fantastic nonetheless. But you could tell, you could tell there were some, some sort of problems going on, but you know, I digress. I digress. Uh, and I'll talk about the fourth time I ever got to see him. And this is going to be an abbreviated episode, by the way, just because I wanted to get it out before it got too late. Joey already got his out at Rock Strikes 10. And if he was here listening, he would tell, he would tell you that this is a five-star episode for sure. So yeah, if you would do me a solid, if you would like to, you can always email me the synaptic one at gmail.com. I'd love to hear from you. You can also go to iTunes and leave a five-star review. I would love you if you did that as well. Uh, but anyway, I, I bring up Joey, so I throw that on in. Joey already beat me to playing a couple of songs, but I'm still going to play one of them. I'm not going to stop at that. <laughs> so anyway, as we're talking about the Brothers Abbott and how we, we've lost them both now, uh, you know, I, I would be remiss to, to not bring up Daryl and... You know, the absolutely incredible guitarist that he was. And I think I played this not long ago on the show. So if I did, please forgive me. But it's a very special show. Uh, I remember those guys, both Vinny and Daryl, whenever I was working at Trees, they would come in, they would come down to the local show most Sunday nights and hang out. And I just always remember you know, the local show was only two bucks to get in. And it was, nobody gets in free. Nobody gets in free. If you can't pay your two bucks, then, you know, hit the road. You know, help out. But uh, with Vinny and Dime, it was always, nope. They have free carte blanche to come in here whenever they want with however many people they want to bring in. Because they were coming in and they were going to party. And, uh, you know, Daryl and Vinny would come in and bring, bring an entourage of 10, 12, 15 people with them. Pay for all of their drinks all night and they would just party and just go to town and they they were of the people they were always so down to earth uh pardon me if i'm rambling here i'm going completely scriptless and just kind of going from the heart on this one you know those guys if you ever saw them out they were just your buddies they were not a platinum selling rock band i i mean i sat behind them at dave williams from from drowning pool at his funeral they sat a couple of rows up in front of me and i remember just going wow that's those guys and who knew who knew three years later you know daryl would be would have passed away and then another 14 years later we would be doing the same for Vinny. but you know if you saw you know, Vinny, the very few times i ever had an interaction with him and like the second time the second time i saw them at the arcadia you know i got from their label atlantic because i was doing at the time, uh, I was part of a speed thrash and death metal show on KYQX 89.5 FM in uh, Weatherford, Texas. You know, the home of metal, Weatherford, Texas, where you, <laughs> it's synonymous with metal. Uh, but I would be out, you know, we were out there and it was right at the time that Cowboys from Hell was out and got, you know, some free CDs and uh, some of the videos to give away for free over the, over the air, but ended up getting tickets to the show. And then also backstage passes. I, I still have my, my Cowboys from hell signed backstage pass, but man, they were so nice and just so chatty and just, you know, really cool guys. I, I also recall whenever I had my record store, 
right as Far Beyond Driven was coming out. And a mutual friend of ours, Jeff, he was like, you know, he was like, hey, man, you know, uh, I'm seeing I'm running into a Vinny and, and, and Dime all the time. You know, do you want me to get you anything signed? And he's the one that got my my Arcadia poster signed for me. And then he also took, if you look at the, currently on the Synaptic Empire Facebook page, the profile pic is of my Far Beyond Driven that's uh, signed to Slacker Kingdom uh, by all the members of the band. He went and got that for me. But as, as, as we were waiting, as we were waiting to get that done, I remember uh, he came up and he was, he was like, hey man, he was like, I ran into to Dime again today. And he said, you know, he said, hey, where's your record? And he handed me a little slip of paper. And it was like a, from a like a little tiny like little notebook, and it said, "Randy, dude, where's your record cover, Daryl?" And I was just like, "Man!" And I've got that somewhere. I need to find it so I can I could preserve it. It's actually in like a little day planner that's tucked away somewhere in all of my stuff, and I need to find it and unearth it. But, you know, those were just, that's just how those guys were. They were so nice all the time to see, you know, saw, saw Vinny out at a couple of, uh, Fort Worth fire games, uh, you know, and he was just always, he always had a little, you know, little entourage with him and of people hanging out and always looked like he was having a good time. I never got to go out to the clubhouse. Um, you know, that's (laughs) probably, probably a good thing, but, you know, evidently they were always out there. Uh, Daryl and Vinny were always out there hanging out and partying with everybody and having, you know, always being very cool with the scene. They were very, very in tune with the scene. They would come out to, to slow Roosevelt shows in Fort Worth and, and this and that, but they're always like, you know, Hey, if you're, if you've gone to a concert, come out and party at the clubhouse. We'll give you half off with your ticket stub, show your ticket stub and come out and, and, uh, you know, always very, very giving, giving guys. So I, all of that to say, uh, we showcased Vinny a little while ago on Planet Caravan, and I'm going to showcase Daryl right here with Floods off of the Great Southern Trend Kill, one of the most incredible guitar solos of all time. Uh, it's pretty, uh, pretty jaw-dropping. So there you go. Brothers Abbott, we love you guys and miss you guys right here on the Synaptic Empire Radio. <laughs>
from reinventing the steel that was hellbound right here on a uh, more somber, very special installment of the Synaptic Empire Radio. Uh, you know, as we're bidding farewell to Vinnie Paul, and uh, we're talking about Daryl as well, and uh, just a very special tribute to Pantera. You know, I talked earlier about that I had seen Pantera only four times in my life. And I talked about three of those, but I hadn't talked about the fourth because I wanted to get to this song. Now, this is a song that Joey had already snaked from me uh, on his episode of Rock Strikes 10, which you need to go listen to that. He goes a couple songs further than I do on this on this particular topic. Uh, but I remember as they were putting together and they were doing the promo for the the extreme steel tour in 2001 you know they were talking about you know it was pan it was going to be pantera's uh festival tour and they were like man we are from texas we know it gets hot in the summer and we're going to do something different we're going to do an indoor festival tour we're coming to your town and we're going to we're, we're going to put it in an arena and we're all going to stay cool and it's going to be great, and we're going to get to Texas in July, and we're going to have it at Starplex right outside in the very, like, it had to have been like 120 degrees underneath that uh, that shed at Starplex. It was like, oh my god, y'all completely defeated the entire reason y'all are doing this tour. You know, and it was, it was great. There was some great stuff on there. It was another, yet another time I got to see Slayer, which was a big big selling point was get to see Slayer and Pantera in the same day, especially since I didn't get to go to Ozfest 2000 or Ozfest 99, pardon me, Ozfest 99 when they were both on the bill and I didn't get to see that. Thanks to my boss at the time, John. Thanks, John. Uh, different John than the one who told me Pantera sucked earlier in the episode. But yeah, so got to go, go to that show and uh, they actually did open with, with Hellbound. That was what, what Pantera came out and opened with. And every time Phil would scream Hellbound, the Pantera sign lit up in flames. Now, it's all, like I said, it's already like 100 and feels like 120 degrees underneath that, that cover. And uh, we're about 14 rows back. And it was the most miserable thing I've ever felt in my life. So much so that I was just like, all right, about the fourth song, it was like, all right, we're taking off. I can't do this anymore. Uh, we left and we're just like, all right, well, you know what? Next time they come to town, we'll get tickets and we'll go to the show. Uh, fortunately, there was not to be a next time. So that was a, a bad move on my part. Now, I would see, I would see both Vinny and Dime play one more time. And that was with the mighty Cheap Trick uh, in uh, September of 04. They were doing a show for The Bone, if you remember The Bone radio station. Uh, Cheap Trick was playing at the here in Fort Worth at the railroad station. Uh, it was an outdoor deal. I think it's already, it's all torn down at this point. Uh, but there was like a big, they were trying to bring up this one part of, of downtown with a uh, and they were just starting to try to do shows out there. Well, they got to the end of the show. And if I remember correctly, I was looking on setlist.fm and I can't find a set list for this show. But if I'm correct, they invited Vinny and Dime out to play Alf Weeder Zane, 
which was incredible. If I, if, if, I'm 99% sure that's what it was. Uh, but man, it was, it was incredible though, you know, cause you know, those guys were just so excited to get out there with cheap trick and, uh, you know, they just kind of had that charmed life where they got to, they got to do everything they wanted to do and they got to play with everybody and they got to be friends with everybody. And, uh, you know, it kind of just goes to show you that, that the good guys do finish first and, uh, you know, it's, a it's a sadder world today without, uh, without either Abbott brother around a smiling face to run into at a show or you know someone just ready to rock and is excited about rocking i remember them they would come to uh they would when i worked at the bronco bowl they would come to shows out there and we always had their tickets for the main suite up at uh, up at the bronco bowl now there were no bad seats at the bronco bowl and they didn't have their own suite they were hanging out with all the other people in the suite and partying and drinking and having a good time and spreading cheer and because uh, that's what those guys, that's what they always did. They would spread cheer around, always around them. And uh, I don't know of anybody that met them that ever had a bad thing to say about them. Uh, you know, and they were very involved, very involved in DFW and they loved DFW for sure. Uh, as was evidenced in uh, 99 as well, when the Dallas Stars won the Stanley Cup. Now that season they were doing they were doing well enough that uh, as as the if I remember correctly as the playoffs were were nearing Pantera wrote the the fight song for I mean fight song the you know the theme song for for the stars and it, it still played to this day at the games uh, it's a song called Puck Off now fortunately that ended up coming out on a uh, KEGL local show CD that came out uh, like early 2000. Uh, so you could buy it and you can find copies of that around used here and there. Uh, if you're a completist, like I am somewhat of a completist, uh, I don't believe Phil, Phil doesn't have anything to do with this, but it's definitely, uh, Rex, Vinny and dime rocking this one. And, uh, you know, I'm just going to say, man, thank you guys so much for everything everything that y'all did for for the town everything y'all did for music uh everything you did for our scene you are sorely missed and uh, and i can't think of a better way to send you guys off than with your fight song for the dallas stars this may be the first time you've ever heard it so here you go uh this is puck off by pantera i'm gonna see you guys very very soon
Synaptic Radio is brought to you by the Synaptic Empire in conjunction with cnjradio.com.